Um, Open your Bibles, if you would, to Galatians chapter 5. We're going to continue our study. This, today we'll be looking at the last of the nine fruit of the Spirit. The nine things which comprise what's called the fruit of the Spirit, singular, because it's all the same in the sense of like a cluster of grapes on a vine. They're all grapes. So the fruit of the Spirit comes from the Holy Spirit of God. All these things that are, that are mentioned, we try to do in, 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 our, in our lives, like we love our families, we love, but this love that God puts in our hearts is a different love. It's a love for Christ, it's a love for the gospel, the joy. You know, people can be joyful who aren't saved, but this joy is the joy of the Lord, which Zay and I said, the joy of the Lord is our strength. And the peace, it's the peace that passes all understanding, that keeps our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. So all these, all these fruit here, this is, this is worked in as long-suffering, where now we're long-suffering and, and with people and with also just waiting for whatever the Lord will do in this world while we're here. And then gentleness, we've been taken from heaven being rebels in our minds, right? And in our hearts, enemies with God in our hearts and minds to now being gentle spirits, right? Now, do we still get angry and mad? Yeah, all of us do. But see, the Holy Spirit's conforming us to the image of Christ. All these things, Christ had them all in abundance. He's the God-man. He's the sinless one. And don't forget, we're being conformed to the image of Christ, right? And then we see gentleness, goodness, faith. Faith, we know, is a gift from God. Faith's a gift from God. Then meekness, which we looked at last week. And uh, that meekness is just being content with whatever God has come to pass in our lives. Right? And just resting and trusting on Christ and him alone. That's what we do now as believers. Now we say, well, we know who's in control. The only way we can say that is from God. I'll tell you, I talk to religious folks all the time and they're so tied up in knots about what's going on in the world. And I'm like, well, God's in control. And actually, one of my friends, Norm, talked to him. And he still repeats what Norm said to him. We were over there talking at McDonald's, and my one buddy, Gary, he was the only one left. And Norm and I were sitting there, and Norm said, well, you know, nothing catches God by surprise. And he's still thinking on that. So even just a little thing like that, you can say to people, nothing catches God by surprise. And they will think upon that? I'll tell you what. Oh, my. And then today we're going to look at temperance. And then the scripture says, against such there's no law. Let's read verses 22 to 26 here. It says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance, against such there is no law. And they that are Christ have crucified the flesh with the affections and lusts. If we live in the spirit, let us also walk in the spirit. Let us not be desirous of vain glory, provoking one another, envying one another. So I looked up the English definition for temperance, and it's moderation or self-restraint in action, statement, in action or statement, so even, even be having self-control when you're talking to someone and maybe they're getting you angry, 
and you're just being under self-control. You know, what's the hardest thing for us to control? What does James say? The hardest thing out of our whole body to control. Yeah, that's right, sister. That little member inside our mouth, right? So this is exercising restraint and self-control, right? Whether it be, whether it be in action or statement, self-control, habitual moderation, in the indulgence of a natural appetite or passion. We know that all things are lawful for us, but some things aren't expedient for us, right? And even a good thing can become a bad thing if it's indulged in too much, right? The Greek definition for this word here is very similar, temperate, self-controlled, continuance, temperance, self-control. It also has to do, as I looked at the underlying, other underlying sections of this Greek word, it actually has to do with contentness too, just being content. Being content where God's got you, just being content with what you have, right? See, the world wants more and more and more and more, right? The believer is content with what God gives us, right? We're happy. We're thankful. Whatever it may be, whether we be rich or poor, whether no matter what our standing is in life, we become content. Isn't that amazing? I'll tell you what, I was discontent before the Lord saved me, were you? I was, you know who the Joneses were for me? You never heard keeping up with the Joneses? You know who the Joneses were for me? My two brothers, who both had their own businesses, and then I had my own business. And I just had to, I just wanted to be just like them. I want to keep up with them. They, my, my oldest brother collected wildlife art. I started collecting wildlife art. Look what I got. I got this fella. It was awful, though. And I realized there was, no, there was no peace in that. It was just all about me. You see, these things here are not natural to us. What's natural to us, we're going to close with. And then we're going to look at what the Lord's doing in us. What's natural in us is wrath, envy, strife. Those things are natural to us. But this, beloved, this last fruit of the Spirit is being worked in us by God and all the other fruits too. God's working them in us. All because we're his born-again, blood-washed children. All because of that. Because God chose us in Christ before the foundation of the world. We're a love gift to the, to the Son from the Father. You ever think of that? You ever think of yourself as a love gift from, the, from God the Father to the Son? That's what we are. In love, he gave us. In love, he chose us in Christ. In love, he sent his Son into this world to, 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 to be born and to live a perfect life that we never could. And you talk about temperance, you talk about self-control. Think of all them Pharisees coming at him. Think of all those people that hated him. In that he never sinned. He's God. He's God. He's fully God and fully man in the, in the same person. The divine nature is within him. In him all the, God, all the fullness of the Godhead dwelt bodily. We can't wrap our minds around that, can we? 
And yet he's fully submissive to the Father's will. He says, not my will, Father, but thy will be done in the garden. And he goes to the cross and, 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 and dies between two thieves to redeem his people from their sins. And he does it perfectly. His sacrifice is a perfect sacrifice offered up to God for us. We who have sinned, we who have broken God's law. And he says, it's finished. And then God the Father raises him from the dead three days later. He's raised for our justification. You know where our king is right now? He's seated at the right hand of the Father right now. And we're on his mind. Do you ever think of that? How do we know we're on his mind? Scripture says he's interceding for us. Every one of us who are believers. Isn't that amazing? To know that you're on the mind of Christ as he sits in glory. Oh my. We were on his mind at Calvary, weren't we? When he bled and died for us. He's redeeming his bride. And now he's in heaven interceding for us. What a glorious and great God. To him be all the glory, honor, and praise. Let's listen to verses 22 and 23 now. I'm going to read this in the Greek literal Bible. And you can follow along in, 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 in our Bible, but listen to this in the, in the Greek literal Bible. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience. So they, they change long-suffering to patience in the Greek. Kindness, which is gentleness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Self-control. So meekness is also being gentle with those around us. Self-control, though, temperance is, is, um, is translated in the Greek literal Bible. And all that is is a Bible they've taken. I use it all the time. They've just taken and they just give you the literal reading of the text that underlies our Bible in the Greek. And it says, against such there is no law. So let's see there. The fruit of the Spirit, the last fruit we're going to look at, the fruit of the Spirit is temperance. Now temperance is self-control or continuance or control from within. You remember before we were saved, we, we may have thought we had a control, but you know, we were ruled by our appetites. Whatever we wanted, we did. Right? It didn't matter what it was. We wanted it. Or we would try to do it. One way or another. But now. Now we know what sin is. Now we desire moderation in our lives. Right? I won't get into my past. But there was times when. I had my friends take me home because I couldn't walk. I don't want that anymore. It was so empty. It was so empty, beloved. There was nothing there except loneliness at the bottom of a bottle. But you know, God changes us, doesn't he? 
We're not the same people we were at one time. Now we're new creatures in Christ. And now, only by, now notice this too, only by God the Holy Spirit can we practice moderation and self-control. Isn't that amazing? Now man tries, man can be very regimented. We can become very regimented. We can be very, we can control certain things in our life, but we can't control this little thing here, can we? See, this moderation here is in action and in speech. This self-control is in action and in speech. We have a dear brother who, who knows how to control his tongue. <laughs> because I've talked to him and he's talked with people and there's sometimes he says, I just have to say, I'm not going to say a word. And I admire that. I admire that. Sometimes I say things I went, oh, why did I just say that? <laughs> you, you know what I'm learning? I'm learning to listen. You can learn a lot just listening, can't you? You can learn so much just listening. It's incredible. My, oh, my. You all know I like to talk, but I'm learning not to talk as much now. <laughs> oh, my. Self-control from within. And this, again, is, is worked in us by God the Holy Spirit. And without questions, it's seen in our natural appetites in, in moderation and eating and drinking and much more to temperance, to self-discipline. Like, we, I, I, I know we sin all the time, but now we're conscious of our sin, aren't we? We weren't conscious of it before, right? And there's certain things now we won't do. Why? Because the Holy Spirit's working in us temperance. Self-control. Our desires have changed. There's still some things. Do we all have grave clothes? Yep. <laughs> yep. Do we all have things we're struggling against with our flesh? Yep. But praise be to God, the, the Holy Spirit's working all these things that are called the fruit of the Spirit in us. And we're being conformed to the image of Christ. What believer doesn't want to be conformed to the image of Christ? What believer doesn't want to be more long-suffering with people? What believer doesn't want to be more gentle? Right? What believer doesn't want to have more self-control? That's all worked in us by God the Holy Spirit. When we try to do these things, you know what's going to happen? We're going to fall flat in our face. You know how I know that? Because of religion, when I was in religion. Oh, I wish I'd be more joyful. I'd just get mad at somebody. <laughs> oh, I want to be more long-suffering when somebody, somebody says something to you. You don't like go off like a cannon. Is it true? I'm speaking truth here. <laughs> we all know it. But see, God works in us now. He works in us. This long-suffering, this gentleness, this meekness, right? Self-control. 
and we praise his name. Now, now, again, we might not see it in ourselves. The same brother I was telling you about who, who has such self-control often says, I'm struggling so much. Is that not the truth with all of us? Is that not the truth with all of us? Right? But we see the growth in others, don't we? But we don't see it in ourselves. You know what? You know what's a jewel? Christian contentment. Just being content. Just being content where we are. Being content with our station in life. Oh my. And remember, we're kings and priests, beloved. Turn, if you would, to 1 Peter chapter 2. We're, we're kings and priests. Kings and priests, beloved. And kings are men who reign. And, and who reigns in our hearts as believers? Who reigns in our hearts? Someone tell me who reigns in our hearts. Amen, sister. Christ. Christ now reigns in our hearts. He didn't before self reigned in our hearts before we were born again. But all self's been unseated. Right? Satan's been unseated. I like what Henry used to say. The, the, the door to our heart says, under new management. <laughs> That's the Lord Jesus Christ, isn't it? Look at this. Look at this in, in 2 Peter 2, starting in verse 5 and going to verse 10. We're actually going to be looking at this too with the stone that the builders rejected in the main message. Look at this, though. Look at verse 5. Or not, did I say 2 Peter? I meant 1 Peter. 1 Peter, I'm sorry. 1 Peter chapter 2. I did the same thing when I was making my notes yesterday. And I, the cross-reference was to 1 Peter, and I went, oh, 2 Peter. Oh, no, 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 no. Okay, 1 Peter chapter 2, starting in verse 5. He also is lively stones. That's what we are. We're living stones. <coughs> are built up a spiritual house in holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God by Jesus Christ. So through Christ. Wherefore, also it is contained in the scripture, Behold, I lay in Zion a chief cornerstone. This is Christ, elect, precious, and he that believeth on him shall not be confounded. Look at that. Isn't that wonderful? Whoever believes on Christ shall not be confounded, shall not be confused. Unto you, therefore, which believe, he's precious. He's not precious to unbelievers, but he's sure precious to believers. But unto them which be disobedient, the stone which the builders disallowed, the same is made the head of the corner. And a stone of stumbling, look at that, and a rock of offense, even to them which stumble at the word, being disobedient, whereunto they also they were appointed. But ye are a chosen generation. Look at this. A royal priesthood and holy nation. A peculiar people. That ye should show forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Oh my. And look at this. Which in times were not a people. Look at this. But now the people of God. Here we are. We who are born again were the people of God. Which had not obtained mercy. But have but now have obtained mercy. So every one of us can say, we're kings and priests. And it's Christ though, who rules in us, but we've obtained mercy, haven't we? We've obtained mercy. Now turn, if you would, to Revelation chapter 5. 
or uh, Revelation chapter 1, I'm sorry. Oh, boy, I'm really spinning the cross-references today, aren't I? Revelation chapter 1, verses 4 and 5. Again, telling us that we're kings and priests. John, verse 4, John to the seven churches which are in Asia, grace be unto you in peace from him, which is, which was, and which is to come. There's a declaration. Christ is God. He's God, which was, which is, and is to come. And you know what the blessed thing is for the believer? God never changes. He never changes his mind about having saved us. Isn't that wonderful? Isn't that wonderful? We can choose and pick who we're going to be friends with, right? And sometimes somebody tick you off, you're like, I'm not going to hang out with that guy anymore. Right? Remember when we were kids? And young people? Nah. I'm just going to go on. God never does that to his people. We're his, we're his chosen people. And he never changes. He, look at this. He is the one who, who is and was and is to come. He's coming again. And from the seven spirits which are before his throne. And from Jesus Christ who is the faithful witness. And the first begotten of the dead. And the prince of the kings of the earth. Unto him that loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood. Look at that. He did that. Christ did that for his people. And hath made us kings and priests unto God and his father. To him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. So kings are men who reign among men. And the Lord Jesus Christ reigns within our hearts, doesn't he? He's our ruler. He's our, he's our king. My, he's been, he, he, he gives us dominion over our passions by the, by the Holy Spirit, right? The only way we can be temperate and have self-control is through the God, the Holy Spirit. Left to ourselves, beloved, we will have no self-control. None. And he, all, he also... He's king over all the world. He's king over death. And he's king over all who are born again by the Holy Spirit of God. And he's king over the saved and over the lost, isn't he? Is he being controlled by anything or anybody in this world? This week I had quite the interesting conversation with someone. They said they were... They were coming down on what we believe here. And I told him, I said, you be careful what you say about the gospel. You be careful. Like he was really being, and his wife was even literally saying, shut up to him. And, and um, I was talking to my buddy who was sitting beside me and I said, do you know the phrase, let Jesus in your hearts, not anywhere in the scriptures? And I just left it there. Well, that fellow called me that night, and he goes, I've been thinking about that. He goes, I think, and in my mind, I thought, that's the problem right there, I think. Right? It's, thus saith the Lord, is what we, what we abide by, not, I think, by someone. So the next day, I meet him again, and he says, ah, well, I think, I think it means, when it says, let Jesus, you know, it means, it means this and this, and I said, 
let's just look up one phrase, let Jesus. And I, have my, I always have my Bible with me on the phone, and I put in let Jesus, and I, I hit any, that, for that exact phrase anywhere in the Bible. And I said, look, look what it says. And he goes, it says zero. And I said, yep. And then I, then I put, then I put, into your heart. And I said, oh, how many times does it say that? And he said, zero. And I said, that's tradition of man. That's a man-made thing. Right there. It proves it. And he, this is a fellow, now this fellow claims to totally believe the Bible. So that's the way we have to approach folks is with the scriptures. What does the Bible say? See, there's, there's all these phrases in Christianity out there that aren't even in the Bible. And that's one of them. Just let Jesus into your heart. Nowhere. It's, it's just not found in Scripture, beloved. It's just not found there. Now, now, Scripture says the Lord opened Lydia's heart, didn't he? Did God open our hearts? Amen, brother. We were born again, weren't we? And then he gave us a new, he gave us a new heart, didn't he? That hungers and thirsts after righteousness. And that's what my buddy ended up saying. Not the one that was talking about what we believe, but the other guy. He finally said, he goes, God gives us a new heart, doesn't he? And I said, that's right. That's exactly right. And you must be born again, right? You must be. And God can save you just like that. You need you need to have people, you need to talk, about, talk to Brian, ask him, ask him when the Lord saved him. And it was just like that. Sister Diane, too. Just like that. Now, I, I, I can't put an exact date on when the Lord saved me, I just know I'm saved. He saved my soul, and I'm happy about that. I'm just, I'm just trusting the rest in the crucified one. There was a day when I didn't believe, and now I believe. <laughs> And it was the work of the Holy Spirit of God. And now he's working these wonderful things in us. Look at this in Revelation chapter one, or chapter 1 again. Unto him that loved us and washed us from our sins in his blood, and hath made us kings and priests unto God and his Father, to him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Look at that. Washed us from our sins in his own blood. That's what Christ did for his people. That's what he did right there. Now, this fruit that we're looking at, this fruit of the Spirit, which are, it, it, again, it's contrary to our nature. It's not something we're born with. Uh, it's not produced by, by us. It's produced by God, the Holy Spirit, and it's a result of the new gift, which also faith is a result of the new gift and repentance. Remember I said that faith and repentance are like the same piece of paper. You can't have one without the other, right? When God gives us faith, he also gives us repentance before God. They just go together. They just go together. Oh my. And if it is ours, it's only ours by the fruit of the Spirit. If we have, if we have the love mentioned here, and the joy, and the peace, and the gentleness, and long-suffering, the goodness, and, and the temperance, and the meekness, it's only because that God's worked it in us. Right? It's by nothing we do. This, this fruit of the Spirit is not natural to us. We can't produce it. You have people trying to produce it. No, you can't produce it. It's newly planted seed in the heart when we're born again. And for some, it's, it's matured more. 
And for others, it's just a little seed now starting to grow, right? When we're first born again, it's just a little seed. And then as we grow in grace, God the Holy Spirit's working this in us. But all these fruits are in us. Every single believer. Whether we see it or not, <laughs> it's in us. Don't go looking for it, because you know what will happen? You go, oh, I'm no good. <laughs> and I'm not very long-suffering people. And I'm not this and that. You know, I have no self-control. Oh, no, God's working in that. He works that in us, beloved. We admit that we, that we don't have that, don't we? But don't despair. If you're born again, God's working this in you. He is. He's this, this is a work of God the Holy Spirit. Oh, my. And also, the fruit of the Spirit is directly opposed to the fruit of the flesh. Think of this. Love is opposed to hatred. Right? Joy is opposed to emulations and strife. Peace is opposed to variance, strife, and seditions. Long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, and meekness is opposed to wrath and murder. Faith is opposed to idolatry, or witchcraft, or heresies, or will worship. Temperance is opposed to adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, drunkenness, revilings. So we see that the last thing that's listed as the fruit of the Spirit here is temperance. In the word again, temperance means self-control, moderation. In the grace of God, one thing we have to say here is the grace of God should never be used as a license for sin. People, have you ever heard people say this? If I believe like you, I could do whatever I wanted. You ever heard that? Sister, you heard that, haven't you? Oh my gosh, it's awful. People don't know what they're saying. Because you know why? We don't live however we would, would, we would want to. Number one, we don't want to live the way we used to live. Number one. And number two, the Holy Spirit's working temperance in us. Self-control. So the things we once loved, now we hate. Right? Do you love sin or do you hate it, beloved? We hate it, don't we? In ourselves more than anywhere else. We mourn over our sin. But praise be to God, it's all forgiven. Right? Oh my. Let us ever be careful. Is even things that are lawful can become sinful if, if not done in moderation. And anything we do that causes us to naturally be, be absent from worshiping Christ is on a regular basis is sinful. Right? Oh my. God's children are under the law. We're not legalists. Let us do all things in moderation, beloved. James says this. Therefore, to him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not, to him it is sin. We now know what sin is, don't we? We now know what it is. Let's read our text again. It says here, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there's no law. Now, at the very end of this verse, 
It says, against such there's no law. Well, beloved of God, if you be led of the Spirit, you're what? You're not under the law, are you? Law, or love, love is the fulfilling of the law, isn't it? How can there be a law against these things that are good? These things that are worked in us by God the Holy Spirit. How can there be a law against the fruit of the Spirit? God is pleased when we do these things that are, that are good for the glory of his daughter and son, the Lord Jesus Christ. But he's not pleased with those who are trying to earn rewards or trying to muster up this fruit by themselves and by their own works. He's not pleased with that. Trying, people who are trying to get to heaven by what they do, God's not pleased with that. He's not pleased with that at all. He's only pleased with the sacrifice of his son, the Lord Jesus Christ. And people who are trying to become more holy by certain things they do or don't do, now, there's things we shouldn't do. And we know that as believers. But if someone's trying to make themselves more holy before God by something they do, by some righteous deed, deed that they do, or, or trying to get more jewels in their crown, supposedly, God doesn't, he doesn't accept that. Who's, who does God accept as a substitute for our sin, beloved? Christ. Amen. The Lord Jesus Christ. Period, right? It's, it, and you know, you've heard me say it's Jesus Christ plus nothing. I'm going to stop saying that. It's just Jesus Christ. There's no plus. <laughs> right? I know someone said, no, it's just semantics. No, it's just Jesus Christ. It's just Christ. There's no plus. Right? Salvation comes by the full atonement of the Lord Jesus Christ in and through the Lord Jesus Christ with no plus after it. Not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to his mercy he saved us. It says against such there's, a no, there's, there's, there's no, no law. So let we who are the redeemed the Lord never forget that our reward is Christ. He's our reward. He's our, he's our exceeding reward. And he's the only one worthy to, to wear the crown of glory. And those who have the fruit of the Spirit worship and serve King Jesus. Why? Because of the love he put in our hearts. And against such there's no law. There's no law. Oh my. Paul's declaration here not, refers not, not only to the fruit of the Spirit, but to those whom in this fruit is found. Right? Because there's therefore now no condemnation to them who walk or to them in Christ Jesus who walk not after the flesh but after the spirit. No condemnation. The works of the flesh and those who live after the flesh are under the curse of the law. But if you be led of the spirit, you are not under the law. That's good news for sinners, isn't it? Now let's, let's read. We're going to quickly, we're going to go a little bit longer, but let's, we didn't start until a little bit, little bit um, later. Let's go to Galatians 5. We're going to read verses 16 to 26. Close out the chapter. So now we're going to see that which is natural to us. That which is natural to us. Verse 16. This I say then, walk in the spirit and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Very excellent exhortation there. 
For the flesh lusts against the spirit. We all know that, don't we, who are born again. And the spirit against the flesh. And they are contrary one to another. They're opposites. They're opposed to one another. So that you cannot do the things that you would. But if you be led of the spirit, you are not under the law. Hallelujah. What a, what a declaration. Oh, praise God's mighty name. We're free. We have liberty. Now the works of the flesh. This is what's natural to us. Are these adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envyings, murders, drunkenness, revilings, and such like of the which I tell you before, as I have also told you in the times past, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Okay, that's natural to us, right? But look at this, beloved. We're going to close with this because this is wonderful. That which is not natural to us, God the Holy Spirit works in us. Oh, this is wonderful. Oh, this is, and he's still, if, if we're alive, he's still working this in us. No? We're a work in project, uh, a work in progress, beloved. That's what we are. Oh, my. No, what the Holy Spirit of God says, is he's working in us here by his almighty power. Now, we've been granted faith to believe on the, and trust the Lord Jesus Christ. Look at this. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there's no law. And they that are Christ have crucified the flesh with the affections and the lusts. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Let us not be desirous of vainglory, provoking one another, envying one another. Woo, my, that's all worked in us by God the Holy Spirit, beloved. And what do we say? Praise the Father, praise the Son, and praise the God the Holy Spirit for his mighty work in us. Oh, it's wonderful. For us and in us. What a great God we have. Brother Travis, can you close us in prayer?